Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Coming up on the Money Beat Podcast, it is your look at the week ahead. What's coming up in the week ahead? Well, look, we've got some data coming out of China. We've got some forecasts coming out of Europe. We've got some consumer confidence data, a couple of Fed speakers. But, of course, let's not kid ourselves. The number one thing on everyone's mind is the election. This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul and Stephen here in the studio in New York City for your look at the week ahead. And to help us do that, we have our dear friend, Spencer Jacob, heard on the street. How are you, Spencer? Doing well. Thanks Doing for well. having me. And on the phone from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Eric Morath. Eric, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Eric, how are things down there in D.C.? It's the weekend before the election. This is like, you know, this is like the I know the stakes are much higher than the Super Bowl, but it's like the Super Bowl, right? I mean, like, oh, what, yeah. what's, what's D.C.? What's what's the mood in D.C. like? It's, it's kind of tense. You know, people are people are kind of on edge. You know, I mean, basically, our subway system's not working, so that's not helping anything. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, people people are, are pretty nervous. They don't know, uh, you know, whatever, what, how everything's going to shake out. And, you know, we're going to keep a close eye on, on the developments in the next few days. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the election right now? I mean, is that more important? There's a lot of data that we want to get to, but I mean... Uh, not we... much of the data is uh, in the U.S., though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah we... I think the uh, the uh, Labor Bureau of Labor Statistics and Census made a smart move and pretty much had no data come out next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, let, let's just talk about yeah. the election for yeah. a second. I mean, you know, it apparently has gotten much tighter in the last week or so. Some people are saying it's a toss-up. Some people have Clinton ahead. Some people have Trump ahead. Um, We've had nine straight days of, of the S and P has finished down for nine straight days now. And, yeah. and so let's without getting not a huge, yeah, without, without not getting, a huge decline. Right, but, without getting partisan though, and I think this right, is which prob- we don't probably, want to do. That's not our which our we don't want here. to do. But let's let's make an observation about that. Right, it's nine days. Hasn't happened since 1980. So it's Jimmy Carter quite, was president. It's quite a rarity, right? Yeah, yeah Jimmy Carter was president. But um, typically when you have a Republican likely or more likely to win or getting in the polls, it gives a slight boost. And what's happened in the last several days is that Trump has, has narrowed the, the gap and people, it seems like, are nervous about that. We've talked a lot about what stocks or sectors or commodities or currencies might benefit or suffer from one candidate or the other winning. But this is the whole market. This is the S&P 500. It's the big kahuna, and it's it's down nine days in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, it coincides with uh, Trump edging but, closer or uncertainty, you know, or, or maybe a contested outcome edging closer. Maybe that's why people are nervous. But this also plays into also the market had grown pretty confident given where the polling was mm-hmm. just a week and a half ago with the idea that Hillary was going to win and the Republicans were going to, you know, hold the House and maybe the Senate. Um, and the, what you've sort of seen since then is sort of a readjusting those all the, the, that bet um, and a deep risking in the market. Um, one of the things, though, I do find interesting is if you look at volatility within uh, the Treasury market, it hasn't picked up, whereas mm-hmm. it picked up quite a bit in the stock market. I mean, it got to pre-Brexit levels in the stock market. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'll, I'll just point out, too. I mean, yes, it's a long losing streak. It has not happened, um, you know, since 1980. The S&P's down about 3%. Right. Okay. It, in in yeah. the 1980 yeah. streak, the S and P lost nine percent. The streak in 2008, which was the next longest, S and P lost 23 percent. That was the middle of the financial crisis. Yeah, those are the days. I mean, huh? it's yeah. a, it's a long streak, but it is not very deep. No, no, it isn't. But it's it's still notable, and it's, it's still notable. notable it's notable, notable. Why? It's notable. And you're talking about the treasury market, Steve. I mean, that's you know, yeah. So it, it hasn't been volatile. So what's up with that? But usually, when you have Let's say uh, a big spike in, in uh, you know benchmark treasury yields is because you have some event outside the U.S. and there's a flight to safety. Where do you go for safety when the U.S. is you know when you're worried about the future of the the country, the unity yeah. of the country, right? Yeah, it's, it's a bit. You're bit yeah. There's no really nowhere to go. There's, there's no safer place, right? Right. And, and to bring Eric back into this, I mean, Eric. So this is what we're seeing up here in New York in the stock market. You know, I mean, that sounds like from what you were saying in the beginning, it kind of reflects what the feeling is in D.C. too. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the tone has changed since last Friday, and the email issue has emerged uh, again. And um, you know, that's a different kind of take where people are focusing on these economic numbers that we're reporting and in, in light of, well, you know, is this a, a contested election and, and how close will this be? And, and so I do think that, that definitely the, t- the tone has, has changed around here. Now, I will say that the veteran political reporters say this is kind of always happens the mm-hmm. week before the election, that uh, suddenly the cable news networks find it very enticing to say that <laughs> things have narrowed and, right. and play up the tight polls and whatnot. So maybe there's just a little bit of an overreaction there. Um, and certainly we've seen, you know, a lot of early voting. And I think that's a different dynamic than we've had in, in certainly decades past. So uh, maybe this is an overreaction, but definitely the tone here in Washington is is not of one of an inevitable Clinton presidency. Right. And that was kind of the just not that I was predicting that, but that was the general feeling uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, that was definitely the feeling in the market. Yes. Uh, like Clinton was. You right. Know. And, they, and they basically the market, I mean, like the market doesn't like change they like you know mm-hmm. status quo and they like gridlock <laughs> oftentimes yeah, the, in yeah. washington yeah well, well, yeah the market oh, they're the, about the market. to get a big dose of gridlock right no the market does, exactly the market does best when you have divided government yeah. I mean, because then they can't ruin things they can't they can't get things passed but i mean this this is more seems like a case this is the this devil is the devil than... you know i mean you you know you know her you what do you what would he be like as a president I mean, you know you see yeah. what he's like as a candidate you don't know what he's gonna be like as a president and that's the you know, that's what people are D- depending with. upon how this thing breaks and the level of of just antipathy that is left afterwards. Mm-hmm. You get something worse than gr- I mean, gridlock is like you have a, a split government, so they have to work together, and no one side gets everything they want. I mean, th- this is this looks like gridlock we've never really seen before. I mean, right. you're going to have right. bitter, and, bitter partisan and, fights, and, and then not just that. Depending I mean, on how everything know, breaks, I always get say. worried when we say you've never seen anything. Well, uh, but, but, I'm 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 willing to say it a little bit, yeah. But what you you had such and Jefferson were not. <laughs> well, you, you but you you have such divisiveness. I mean, we're our system is set up to be a yeah. two party system, and one of the parties might. Descend into open warfare, right? And that—that's not good. Wh- whatever, even if you're a Democrat, you don't want to see that, right? You don't want to see a kind of a Paul Ryan faction, and then, you know, the Donald other Trump faction, faction, Donald Trump, and, or yeah. or Tea Party, yeah. or what have you. I mean, that's that's also not not healthy. You know, right. then, then I mean, Democrats will be, you know, have carte blanche. I yeah. mean, if they, you know, and then Eric, I mean, you guys, I mean, it's funny because the last, you know, I mean, we're we're starting to make plans like 
okay, who's going to stay extremely late? Who's going to come in extremely early? Like, if this is going to be a really bad thing for the markets, we have to be prepared. You know, what kind of preparations are you guys doing down there? Well, I mean, it's pretty much all hands on deck for uh, for Tuesday. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're you know, we're not I guess we're not selling tickets like some other news organizations to see all the fun. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, wow, it, we should do that. huh? Yeah. Well, I, some of my colleagues here in the in the bureau were saying if someone brought us enough mozzarella sticks, we probably would let them in the door. So <laughs> if anyone's looking. But yeah. So, I mean, we're we're really looking at everything from getting ramping up uh, the exit poll uh, operations to, uh, you know, obviously the coverage in place for the presidential campaign. But as you say, what's the outcome of all of the congressional races, especially in the Senate, is going to have a huge say as to what, uh, you know, how Washington will operate in the next uh, next few years. So, right. I mean, that's something that, you know, probably hasn't been paid attention to on the national level individual races. But, uh, you know, next week we're going to have uh, be reporting on that as well. Wow. All right. Let's let's take a break here. I think grocery. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I am fine with taking you a break. You are fine. All right. Let's take a quick break for this important message. And when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk about the data. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash WSJ. I'm Veronica Dagger. Do you want to know how the rich invest, spend, and protect their money? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, Spencer Jacob, and Eric Morath in Washington, D.C. So, I mean, look, the, the big thing next week is going to be the election, obviously. Tuesday is Election Day. Wednesday, God willing, we will know who the next president is going to be. But that is not the only news that will be coming out next week. As always, there's data, and that is why we – one of the reasons, one of the many reasons we wanted to have you on, Eric. So uh, can, kind of give us a little run-through. What can investors expect to see on the data front? Well, I mean, I think you're going to get some important news out of uh, China next week. Uh, and Mon- it will come out Monday night. Uh, the China trade figures, I mean, China data is always looked at a little bit skeptically, but the China trade figures have also be kind of become like a de facto, like world uh, economic vitality uh, number. And, and they, hmm. haven't been, they haven't been great, right? So mm-hmm. the exports from China, uh, you know, were were uh you know down in september and you know the expectation is that they'll be down but not quite as as bad in in, in october so um you know that's something to, to watch you know to to see if we're getting any we've had better u.s trade numbers so if we're going to get any uh you know kind of the global economy is right, up right. or not so that that's that's a main one another important one um is the european commission on wednesday is going to be giving out their projections this is the first time they've done this since brexit so oh. um, i think we'll want to see what they say and this isn't just sort of a kind of you know analyst report here this is they they make their fiscal policy uh based on some of these numbers so mm-hmm. um i do think that that that's going to really be important especially to you know places like ireland that uh yeah. you know are obviously very very well um 
influence. So, and then, you know, as far as U.S. data, the, the one thing that I'm really keeping an eye on is uh, the consumer sentiment numbers. Um, you know, looking looking beyond the election, because um, they're probably not going to have a great view on that, but the numbers that are on Friday from University of Michigan kind of tell us, are people feeling good or not feeling good heading into the holiday season? And of course, you know, that's sure. a giant time of year for for retailers and, and increasingly everyone else in the uh, that, that needs consumer right. dollars. Well, you know, it's um, it's I saw something out of uh, FactSet today or yesterday, um, just about the the number of, of companies that that cited the the election as a factor, like you know, com, you know, consumer facing companies like Starbucks, right. and like that, uh, who said, well, business was soft because of uncertainty. You know, yeah. Somewhat, you know, that'll be an interesting number to watch to see how much, you know, how much it, it impacted the mood you know the the period right, before right. the election of course then the period after is anyone's guess at this point you know but um yeah we've looked at some of that data here about in previous election cycles and like you said i mean is this unprecedented it's hard to tell i mean that's it's been an excuse that has been put out there for mm-hmm. um businesses especially when it comes to you know why is business investment so weak or why isn't consumer spending taking off as well election uncertainty uh, you know in the in the past we haven't seen necessarily a big uh, post uh, uh election okay now i know the direction the country is going and i can go make decisions so we'll see if this time is different uh, that people really have been holding back um or if it's just been kind of a convenient excuse i mean i feel like when we've been in this slow-growing economy, some people in the business community are kind of always looking for, well, why is a good reason not to do something? And mm-hmm. and it's right, been, right. it's been you know, gridlock in Washington. It's been Brexit. It's it's been you know, a slowdown in China. There's always you know, kind of another reason. And then you know, at the end of the day, you know, from my perspective, you know, the economy is growing like a, around two percent. Yeah, know? I was gonna say. Remember when it used to be the debt ceiling, right? Yeah, the, right, yeah. Right, right. The good old days. Yeah, yeah, the good old days. And then and the fiscal cliff too. The fiscal cliff, exactly. Late in the week, Eric, you do have a couple of Fed speakers on the docket there. I think that'll, you know, again, depending on how everything goes with the election, I think it'll be very interesting to hear their their initial comments. Well, I don't know if they'll talk about the election at all, but I mean, that'll be the first chance the market gets to hear from the Fed post-election. Yeah, I think that'll be really important. Um, I think that uh, really we want to see what Stanley Fisher says. Uh, I mean, if... if, if um, you know, a contested election or, or not the outcome uh, that, you know, you might think the Fed wants, you know, I think that he would be in the position to kind of be the voice of reason, oddly enough, from Chile. Um, but right, he's that, speaking from Chile. He's speaking from right, Chile. Right, but, right. but but I do think uh, he, uh, you know, is, you know, he'd be looked to as like, well, are we really unsettled by this? Or, or you know, we're, the course will continue. Um, you know, you're also going to hear from, from Williams and, and Bullard. And, and Bullard's, you know, definitely a guy that's, you know, doesn't, isn't, isn't shy of t- about talking. Right, so, right. Um, you know, I'm not sure that he, he certainly doesn't probably carry the weight of uh, Fisher. But, uh, you know, if this is something that's a big concern to him, um, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he shared that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eric, thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Spencer Jacob, thank you very much. Thank you. And everyone, thank you very much for listening. And, you know, look, here's my plug for the Wall Street Journal. All week, just everything Wall Street Journal you can get your hands on, we'll be all over this. Podcasts, online, the paper, video. video, You know, we are going to be wall-to-wall covering this election and the markets and how it affects everything. So stay tuned to us on every front upon which you can possibly stay tuned to us. Uh, Have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking 
committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.